This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. the final buzzer sounds the analysis ends when you say it does this is overtime open line interviews analysis and your opinion oilers hockey is brought to you by Friesen brothers and now the heartland ford overtime open line here's reed wilkins on oilers radio 630 chad not for hyman against quinn hughes his way through the neutral zone and now heads for the net. Backhands it over to McDavid. Wrist shot. Save. Depko. Rebound. Score. Connor McDavid. Second of the game. And Edmonton has its first lead of the night. Connor McDavid would add another one. It's a hat trick for the captain and it's a come from behind 5-3 win for the Edmonton Oilers over the Vancouver Canucks in their season opener at Rogers Place. Not a good start to this game at all for the Oilers. They were down 2-0. 3.40 into the game. They were pretty thoroughly outplayed through 40 minutes, though they did fight back to tie it after two periods, and then they're able to win it in the third. Thanks a lot for joining us. It's 11.28. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins in Studio 99 for Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Well, Rob, a lot to talk about in this game. A lot of action. If, if as you often say, if you didn't care who won, you would have been thoroughly entertained <laughs> watching this one. But one of the new Oilers was in the spotlight tonight, and that was goaltender Jack Campbell. In the last 39 minutes of this game, he did not allow a goal, and he allowed his team to fight back into it and eventually win it. Uh, he, he was very good. Uh, I counted four wide-open breakaways the Oilers gave up in this hockey game. Uh, the biggest moment of the game for me is the, the Vancouver Canucks just go up 3-0 on a power play goal just right at the very beginning of the second period. And off the, the ensuing faceoff, the Oilers give up a, a breakaway to JT Miller. He has a chance to extend the lead to 4 nothing, and more or less that's the end of the hockey game. But Jack Campbell made, Campbell made that save and made a couple other big saves. And as the Oilers creep back into the game, they still leak chances against. They pull within one, Campbell made a couple big saves. They pull within two, here's Campbell again. Uh, it, Campbell allowed the Oilers to find their, their, their feet in this hockey game. Uh, the Oilers got better as the game went on, but if it wasn't for the play of Jack Campbell through the first 40 minutes, this is a game the Oilers don't win. Yeah, it could have been pick a number. Yeah, I mean, really. it should have been 7-2 to two at one point for the, the Vancouver Canucks. And it, was, it wasn't just... Uh, you know, the third or fourth line guys getting these chances. It's it's Pedersen, it's Miller, it's Pearson, it's Horvat had a breakaway. I mean, these are the best players that the, the Vancouver Canucks have, and they have ample opportunities to extend the lead. So I think Vancouver right now is in the dressing room thinking this is one that slipped away, and the Edmonton Oilers are feeling, okay, we are fortunate that our goalie bailed us out and allowed us to get back in this hockey game. Yeah, really a win for the Oilers based on goaltending and special teams, even though McDavid's game winner was was at 5-on-5. Five five. The Canucks on the power play were 1-for-8, mm -hmm. and they gave up a shorthanded goal. The Oilers go 3-for-4 on the power play. Now McDavid's empty netter was a power play goal because of a late penalty, but still two big power play goals for the Oilers 
in the second period. Uh, the Canucks are, are going to feel they should have got it. Uh, there should have been another penalty on the Oilers because yeah. Kane did get the stick up on Hughes, which set up the Oilers' first goal of the game, so that could have even given them another man advantage after the 4-on-4. The four four. But this, the special teams for the Oilers, were, their two power plays were just deadly and showcased everything they can do. Well, two power play goals they got in the second. Yeah, and, and we, we heard Connor McDavid talk about it in the preseason. There's things they wanted to tweak and add to their power play. And this is a power play that has been sensational for the last three years. But teams are trying to figure a way to defend it. And they're thinking, okay, here's where their tendencies are. Here's where they like to go with the puck. Here's, if he does this, read it because he's probably going to do that. So when you have things that have been successful and now they're trying to stop it, find other things to do. And we just talked upstairs with Bob. Uh, the Oilers' second power play goal, it was a set play off the faceoff. They knew exactly what they were going to do. And I, I said upstairs, I, the Canucks, the only thing the Canucks did wrong there was lose the faceoff. Other than that, they had players in the right spot. They had sticks in the right places. But when you execute something perfectly, and the Oilers did, all five guys touched the puck in a span of four seconds. It was in the back of the net off the stick of Connor McDavid. Demko had absolutely no chance on that. So their power play, well, I guess it, it's simple. You cannot take penalties against the Edmonton Oilers and feel that you can win hockey games because their power play is that good. And the Oilers recover from a, I mean, a really poor first 40 minutes. They were better in the third. I also thought Vancouver got a little sloppy in the third and was yep. a little passive and didn't execute as well. But it was from the top of the lineup down for the Oilers for most of the, the two periods. The rookie, Dylan Holloway, he turns it over up the middle. His wound up in the net. Some other mistakes by prominent players didn't. Well, Drysettles did. I mean, Drysettle yep. turns it over with a pinching defenseman. McDavid was caught swooping for offense. Bouchard, a couple times. Nurse. I Bouchard, mean, Nurse takes a silly penalty. Yep. Uh, CC, who's usually doesn't Pretty make steady. mistakes, pinches a couple. Now, I know sometimes in a pinch, is it a bad read by the defenseman? Is it a bad read by the forward who didn't cover? But the Oilers got caught pinching probably more tonight than they would in a series of four or five games from last season so it, it was it, they they were not sharp especially through the first 40 minutes they didn't win a lot of puck battles they didn't look quick they didn't sustain any pressure but again somehow they overcome all those they, they overcame it for one they played against a vancouver canuck team that uh, i don't believe is a playoff team i i do believe that they have their forwards are good uh, but their back end, I don't know if it's good enough. Even to be, if it's healthy, you think? If it's even if it's healthy, I mean, you know what I think about Myers, <laughs> and uh, so I don't know if it's a good enough back end, may be a playoff team. But the way they the others played in the first 40, that doesn't beat a Colorado Avalanche team. It doesn't beat a St. Louis team. It doesn't beat a Calgary team. Those are teams that are much better that don't allow you to come back from three goals down. So the the others know there's things they have to improve on. But the Oilers also have the ability to keep themselves in any game because they're so offensively gifted. They are so good up front. Uh, they can, when they decide, uh-oh, you know what, things are going sideways. All right, Leon, you and Connor play together. It's really hard for the opposition to find someone that they can put out there against them. And the Canucks did not have an answer for them as the game went on. So the, this is not a, the perfect recipe for success. But it also shows the league that there's no lead big enough against the Edmonton Oilers to feel completely safe because your one mistake 
away or one penalty away from the Oilers crawling back in a hockey game. Yeah, well, and, and really when the Oilers got to 3-1, you thought, okay, maybe. Yep. I, I mean, I didn't think necessarily think they were going to win, but I thought, okay, maybe they can make it interesting, especially if they, they got it to 3-2. To and as we talk about often, good I mean any team can play well and, and win I mean there's going to be teams in the NHL that, that, that win 24 games this year Arizona Chicago yeah. much I mean, Montreal beats Toronto tonight. I don't know how well they're, how well they're going to do but good teams can have an off night I, I would argue for most of the night I don't know if, know if this was this was not even the Oilers B game I don't even know if it was their C game they were the, it might have been a D game through for 40, the minutes, 40 minutes it was it was bad it yeah. was really really bad um the shots were I think 28 13 at 28, one point 15 after yeah. two yeah yeah so it was not good, but again, this goes back to we we've seen a lot of times where a team gets a big lead and the other team works as hard as they can. Hardly they finally tie it up, but then they give up the next goal because the, they've wasted so much energy trying to get back into a hockey game and it's one bounce. Well, the Canucks got those bounces when the Oilers got tied it up. The Canucks got two or three golden chances. They got two on ones. They got a break where they got opportunities, but the difference is Jack Campbell made the saves. And he, he didn't allow uh, that one mistake to cost the Oilers in this hockey game. Jack C Campbell, to me, I, I, I would have picked him as the first star. He was my first star. got yep. four points. I would have given Campbell the first star. McDavid doesn't have the opportunity to get four points if Jack Campbell doesn't make the saves or, or he did an, Or it's in an 8-5 loss or something like yes. that. You know, so it's, Campbell doesn't do it. Campbell did. was excellent in this hockey game. Nice start for Jack Campbell as an Edmonton Oiler. Yeah, and especially since two of the first four shots as an Oiler went in on him. Well, yeah, I mean, the, that, the shot by Miller, that was a fantastic shot. I mean, that's... I know that Bob said maybe he wants that one back. And to me, I'm a goal scorer. That, that's a goal scorer goal. That's just a beautiful, beautiful shot on that play. And then you fell for Demko. First three goals he let in were backdoor wide open net. He had absolutely no chance of getting across. Uh, and then the, the last one, it was a rebound by McDavid. I thought Demko played well too. He just didn't have the... Uh, the number yeah, of he shots made, he against. Made some excellent he made some well, saves when he sure. had to. Unfortunately for him, it was one save, not enough. All right, so the Oilers win 5-3 in the season opener. So how about this? The Japanese Village goal light is on on 630ched.com. You can go there right now and print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village, Edmonton's favorite Japanese steakhouse. Reserve your party today at jvedmonton.ca. McDavid gets to... 700 points. He actually gets to 701 points, Rob, in 488 games. Decent pace. <laughs> if you, <laughs> like, if you like offense and stuff. Well, and he was slow out of the gate, so he's just starting to pick it up now. Yeah, uh, so, I mean, just an incredible pace. So the players to register 700 career points in less than 500 games. Gretzky did it in 317. Your old teammate, number 66, does it in 363. Peter Stastny, and he always comes up on these lists. Eh? People don't realize how good he was. Games. He was one of the greatest that ever played this game. Mike Bossy, 469. Yuri Curry in 483. Crosby in 497. So McDavid does it in 488. So almost as faster than Crosby, almost as fast as Yuri Curry, who played in an era with... I mean, obviously a great player, but the era was different. I think we get to acknowledge that, too. So. Uh, well, you keep saying that, but do you see the sticks we had to use back then? <laughs> Half the players yeah, in the league yeah, now could yeah. pick those sticks they were, up. They were playing with floor hockey sticks, everybody. <laughs> no, they were. I wish they were. They were logs. They were so heavy. <laughs> I don't. I can't even pick my old stick up anymore. I'm not strong enough. And I don't want to say anything, but Connor's only nine away. He's only nine away from the record that I called he was going to get this year. Oh, the empty net record. The empty net record. Yeah, most of Rob. Well, we're going to be following this all year because Rob said it Friday. We talked about it on the Faceoff Show. Rob Brown predicted. 
10 empty net goals by Connor McDavid, which would be a league record. Because mm -hmm. nine is the current league record. He had seven last year. Yeah, and he's got. I thought it looked like it was going to be Kane's. Kane made sure he got the hat trick and Kane. the empty netter. I, I they look for each other. Not just unselfishness, but uh, Connor McDavid's going to get his 10. I mean, I might I might have been light on the number. I might have, but he's only nine away. Well, he's on pace for 82. Well, that doesn't really mean anything. <laughs> All right, 780-496-0063 is how you can get in touch. I know a couple of you have already called in. We want to talk to you, but let's go down to the Hall of Fame room. Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft. Hi. Um, I mean, the players all talked about the start. What did you see from the bench, maybe, and, and from your group to get off to a start like that? And what do you think turned it for you? Yeah, it wasn't according to anyone's script, for sure. Um, you know what I thought? Uh, so we made some mistakes, but the mistakes we made were ones where we were trying to make a play. Almost in what we talked about in between periods with our guys, I thought we were overreaching. Um, forcing some things that maybe not have been there. And when you do that, um, you find yourself, uh, if the opponent's in good position, you find yourself um, forced to defend. And I thought we had to defend a lot in that first period. I thought Jack Campbell was excellent, uh, allowed us to get back into the game. The special teams were excellent, allowed us to get back into the game. And in the end, uh, even though it wasn't uh, the prettiest game in the world, uh, I thought our fellas dug in. Um, we're very aware of some of the things we're going to have to clean up. Uh, and we'll do that starting tomorrow. How much of that is just first game, right? You didn't have your guys play together a ton in the preseason. You know, Connor says sometimes it's just not theirs. Is that too easy an excuse, or do you find having coached this many years in the NHL at times, those first few games can be a little bit, you know, maybe not as sharp as you'd expect? Yeah, I don't think we were sharp. I don't think we were in sync um, early. Uh, we found a way to win the game. That's a good sign. That That is a really good sign. Um, but we can be better and it's incumbent upon all of us to make sure we honestly look at at the areas that we can be better and and we will address them tomorrow we'll work on them in practice and uh, we're going to look to improve you mentioned campbell was solid he said i know he's a very tough critic he didn't like the first two goals himself but when it was three nothing and i think they were on a power play he made two huge stops on that, on that penalty kill that seemed to give you a little bit of momentum you just talk about once it was down three nothing and, and how good he was to allow you guys to slowly get back in the game yeah i thought his play allowed us to recover and um, and work our way back into the game. I think uh, the penalty kill was a big story in the game. We had to do it way too much tonight um, because of some things that were self-inflicted. Um, but when your goaltender's your best penalty killer, like he was tonight, uh, it sets you up for some success on that special team. And even though we gave up one um, on the kill, I thought the shorthanded goal by Darnell was uh, a real momentum changer for us and it was a big part of the game. Does this kind of maybe illustrate what your guys have been talking about all through the preseason? Is everybody, want, everybody in the market wants to look ahead to how many playoff rounds you're going to win, but before that there's going to be 82 games and they're going to be hard. Yeah, I think... Um you know, that, that noise might come from the outside. I can tell you what, what's happening on the inside is we're talking about process. That's where we're steering our conversation and, and the direction of our meetings. Um, as I said, we weren't perfect today, but 
um, in terms of effort and grit and finding a way to win on a muddy track like it was tonight for us, um, you know, that's a credit to our players and, and their, their want and will uh, to win a hockey game tonight. Seeing that this early, uh, is that sort of become this self-perpetuating thing that, that carries you on? Hopefully, hopefully. I, I, I would like to see that continue. Um, you know, obviously there are things that have to get cleaned up. No one's fooling ourselves with that being the recipe to, uh, you know, have success in a long schedule. I don't think that, you know, you, I don't think you want to find yourselves down 3 nothing, 21 minutes into the game, taking as many penalties as we did, um, you know, but... It was what it was, and our players dug in, and it's a credit to them and, and uh, them um, focusing in on uh, trying to find the two points tonight, which they did, so I'm happy for them. Jay, I know you've used the 11 and 7 uh, before, but maybe 17 skaters is a little different. Um, did, how did you find that? It, it is. It felt different. It felt different to me. Um, it was just, you know, it's the way it was, and... Uh, we found a way to win a game with 11 and 6, playing one man short tonight. Um, you know, I don't think that's the scenario that we looked to start the season with, but it, it was what it was. Uh, I think the hard part about tonight with 11 forwards was, you know, we took so many penalties. So what you end up doing is you overtax certain individuals. Um, and then other guys maybe go cold a little bit because there's been so many penalties. So um, that was a, that was something we had to deal with, but we figured it out and found a way to win. Um, Dylan Holloway, first regular season game, obviously. Um, he made a turnover early and you kind of dropped him down the lineup. What did you see from him? What, what kind of adjustments did you make or, or did you find from him? Yeah, you know what? I, I think, um, you know, I felt I felt confident. I put that line back right back on the ice. I, um, that, that was a young mistake. I think he was trying to make a play. Um, you know, a pretty good player was sitting in the weeds and picked it off and found a way to, to make make our team pay in that situation. Um, I think Dylan's one of those guys that, you know, he didn't play on the penalty kill tonight. So he got taken out of the game a little bit just based on the rhythm of the way the game was being played. Uh, we still found found shifts for him in all three periods, but um, that was, he was one of the guys that was affected by so many penalty kills. You end up with a goal on the penalty kill. Drysaddle's a big part of that. You used them a lot last year, kind of at the tail end of some of those kills. Yeah. How tempting is it to just have him in the regular rotation? Because I know he was a yeah. little bit tonight. Yeah. He well, he's one of the smartest players in the world. Like his hockey sense. You know, he knows where the puck's going. Um, I think, you know, when we came up last year in February, uh, he had played a lot on the kill and. I wanted to introduce a few other people on the kill at that time. Guys like Ryan McLeod and Kyler Yamamoto got a little bit more ice time on the kill. And I thought that allowed him to not have to take on so many hard minutes. Uh, so I, what I saw was two things. One, uh, McLeod and Yamo had a good effect on the kill. And then the side benefit was that Leon's shift quality in his other minutes went up because he wasn't being overtaxed. That is Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft after a come from behind 5-3 win over the Vancouver Canucks. He was asked about Dylan Holloway who had a turnover early that 
led to a goal. Hallway winds up playing 8.06 tonight. Gets two shots on goal, four hits, couple of giveaways. So it is the River Cree under that wins tonight for, o, uh, for Omar. I set the line before the game for River Cree Resort and Casino. Excitement bet on it at 13. So that means Omar is getting the $50 River Cree Resort and Casino gift card with the under. The penalties, Rob, and Woodcroft talked about them and how they affected the rhythm of the game. We brought that up a couple times during the exhibition schedule. Mm -hmm. Not freaking out, but sort of like, okay, you know, you get thinking it probably won't carry over. It, it did carry over. I, I know some people want to debate the penalties. I, I'm not going to do that because I think the Oilers, because they were quite careless at times yep. and were playing defense a lot, that, that leads to penalties, and maybe sometimes you might get an unjustified one just because you're giving the puck away and you're in the wrong position. So that that is a bad habit, a bad trend that carried over from the exhibition yeah, schedule. Yeah, uh, some of it was frustration. Some of it was chasing. Some of it was silly. Um, uh, but Jay Woodcroft said it best, is it, it takes certain players out of the game and taxes others. Uh, Dylan Holloway, we, we talked before the game, he easily get 13 minutes unless this becomes a game of penalties. So he didn't get to play short, didn't play a whole lot. Malone, very little in this hockey game because the Oilers never got to go to, to run their lines. Now the Oilers are fortunate right now the way the schedule goes. They don't play against till Saturday. Then they have a couple other days off. They don't play till Tuesday. So they can uh, overplay or overwork some of their star players. But you get into stretches where you're playing 5-8 and eight or 6-10 or, and 10 or whatever it is. And you're killing, and all of a sudden, guys are playing 24, 25 minutes yeah. night after night. That's it wears the most them tiring out. thing to do. And so, uh, penalty killing's tiring. And the Oilers are very fortunate that the penalties didn't cost them as much as it probably should have or could have against a team that capitalized on the power play. The Canucks wasted some power plays, and they, they misfired on some uh, golden opportunities. So yeah. uh, you did, you talked about it two or three times in the preseason. I remember you bringing it up. Is this going to be something that's going to be fixed come regular season? Well, it wasn't tonight. And the majority of the time, you do not win hockey games when you give that many power plays to the opposition. Yeah, a, a, a too many men. I know both teams took a too many men. but that, To me, that's early in the season problems. That's something that they'll fix. But, I mean, Jesse Pugliarvi takes his hand off, grabs yeah. the guy. That's you, you and, and can't do that. Darnell Nurse at the end of a period. The, I mean, we're talking about it less because they won, but yep. that, that, and especially a guy wearing a letter on the team cannot, you can't do that. cannot well, take that penalty. And they scored on it. Yeah, They made it 3 nothing on that that goal, on that penalty right there. You just can't take those ones. Uh, there's always ones where you try to lift a stick and you miss, and that happens. But there's ones that you, you know for a fact. Well, uh, Vancouver Canuck, Pearson takes a dumb penalty. They have a 3 nothing lead, gets a stick in and kind of on the hands of, I believe, Hyman in a, in a no-scoring area. That's just dumb. That allowed the Edmonton Oilers to get back in the game. Those are the penalties that the coaches will get really upset with. I thought Hyman still had a reliable game. 21 and a half minutes, two assists, and creating the goal, freeing up the puck for McDavid for the game winner. I, I, I don't know how many games Hyman's played for the Edmonton Oilers, but I think there may be one or two, and I'm just throwing that out where you... After the game, you're like, you know what? Hyman wasn't there tonight. He's as consistent as any player in the National Hockey League. He does not have to be on the score sheet to be a guy that contributes uh, majorly to a to a team's uh, effort. He, he just he does all the little things. And we, we talked about it last year. If you're ever going to tell your kid, watch a player and, and do what he does, that's who you tell. You don't tell him to do what Connor McDavid does because your kid can't. But your kid can work 
and, and do the proper things and have details that, that Zach Hyman has. And again, he was, that was a great game and the Connor McDavid goal that won the game. That was Zach Hyman making a fantastic play. Oilers win 5-3. You can get us at 780-496-0063. You're still going to hear from Connor McDavid and Jack Campbell tonight, but we have Greg standing by. Greg, you're on Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Go ahead. Hey, guys. How's it going? Good. So I told my wife um, I was worried about the Oilers having a slow start uh, because that was the issue they've had the la la probably the last year or so. And it happened, but uh, this is a different team now. And in years past, a 3 nothing game, it's it was basically over before, but it's a different team now, so which is nice to see. Um, I thought JP, JP played pretty well tonight, so good on him. But I do all I wanted to call him to and say was um, the Oilers won tonight and Toronto lost, so I'm good. Toronto did lose a wild finish. Canadian, Canadians went ahead yeah. with two and a half minutes left. Toronto tied at 40 seconds later, and then. Anderson won it with 19 seconds left. Pulley Arvey had some good shifts. I, we said it after the first period. If there was a line that at least did something in the offensive zone, it was after they shifted the lines around about eight minutes into the game. And, and Nugent Hopkins and, uh, and Pulley Arvey and, uh, and Hyman were able to at least forecheck. I mean, that was Demko's. That was the Oilers' best chance of the first period, and one of Demko's best saves of the night. I think it was Hyman, his only, their only the, chance. The only really challenge yeah. that he faced in the first period. Hyman set up Pugliarvi, and, and Hyman and Demko made a great pad save. He did. Um, what I like uh, about Woodcroft, and, and uh, players will like, is it, there's no preconceived notions on the player who should play, who should not play. Um, if you're playing well, you get ice time. And yes, he pulled He played well and, and continued to get ice time as this game went on further and further. Uh, it was good on him. Now, we've seen in the past where, yes, he has had a good game. He's had a couple good games, but he's got to do it on a consistent basis. Tonight was a good step forward for and a confidence builder. You could see his confidence grow as the game went on. He became physical. Uh, he got involved. There was once where he stood in front of the net and took about three or four whacks, but he wasn't moving. This was after the play. He's, he stood his ground, so... Hopefully, uh, this continues. It'll be interesting to see when Yamamoto comes back, what happens. Holloway needs, he needs a stronger game next game. And it was when Holloway made the play where he turned the puck over and they scored. Uh, I like the fact that, that they left the line out there. But those are ones where you watch the player. All players make mistakes. It's what happens after they make a mistake, how they respond to it. Uh, Holloway was fine after that, but was taken out of the game because of the penalties. All right, by the way, uh, Zach Hyman is the fourth star for Jandal Homes, Alberta's premier modular home retailer, Jandal Homes. The three stars selected here uh, inside Rogers Place. McDavid, the first star, Drysdale, the second star, and Jack Campbell gets the third star tonight as the Oilers win 5-3 over the Canucks. All right, we have uh, Sir Robert, one of our regulars, standing by on the line. Sir Robert, thanks for staying up. What's going on? Uh, hey, guys, how you doing? Good. Well, on a touch... Uh, uh, I just want to touch on a couple things, but I guess uh, the main one I kind of want—I mean, like I know, like you said, you're not—you know, you don't really want to talk about all the penalties and yada yada yada. While I'd while I just I, I just want to I just want to quickly make this point is that I'd rather this I'd I'd rather that that kind of issue emerges in game one and not game 45 or 50. I'll just I'll just leave that point right there, and then uh, and then and then you know what I mean. Campbell tonight made some made some huge saves 
when we needed them because I mean three nothing that turns into four games over no doubt Holloway I thought was you know okay didn't play much the turnover that happens he's a rookie but you know and big David Drysaddle they did what they were you know they did what they're going to do all year and uh, you know, uh, I like to start good win and uh, bring on Calgary on Saturday. Yeah, thanks, Robert. What I, I, I should clarify, in case that didn't come across, I meant I didn't want to get into the officiating tonight, but I, I do think it's worth talking about how many penalties the Oilers oh, took. Yep. But like I said, it's because they weren't, they didn't have the puck enough, and they're in bad I, they, position. And they're they were deserving of uh, the majority of the penalties they got, and obviously the one that they didn't get were could have changed the complexion of the game as well as Hughes left the ice to get I'm guessing to get stitched up because he was gone for a little while there too so no the, this was a game that the other special teams and goaltending got them two points that for a while there didn't look like they deserved other action tonight oil kings lose 6-2 in Everett the scoreboard for Edmonton trailer looking for parts service rentals renew new semi trailers head to edmontontrailer.com Around the NHL, as we mentioned, the Canadians beat the Leafs 4-3. Hurricanes knock off the Blue Jackets 4-1. Boston wins 5-2 in Washington. The Ducks come from behind to beat Seattle 5-4. Seattle outshot them uh, pretty badly, but uh, the Ducks rally for the win, and the Avalanche raise the banner and beat Chicago 5-2. Baseball playoffs, it's uh, the Dodgers losing. Padres win 5-3 in LA. That series is tied 1-1. Atlanta over Philly 3-0. That series is tied 1-1. Okay, we're happy to hear from you. 780-496-0063. More comments from the Oilers dressing room. They beat the Canucks 5-3. It's Heartland Ford overtime open line. Oilers hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford overtime open line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 chair. Colson. Challenging Darnell Nurse in front of wrist shot and a save on Bo Horvat. Wide open. Horvat had snuck inside Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Dry sidle and then right through by Joshua. Racing for the puck. Campbell out. And he makes the clear up the right hand side and knocked down Joshua. And the fans love it. Joshua came hurtling toward him. And Campbell not only beat him to the puck, but then flattened him. When Dakota Joshua accidentally on purpose crashed into it. All right, so here's the thing for Jack Campbell. He's going to get the save of the game for Crystal Glass. Call 310-GLASS or visit crystalglass.ca. A lot of candidates for the save of the game. Kellen picked that one. And he also gets our crunch of the game, which <laughs> is brand new this year for Cougar Payton Collision. Our family helping your family as he came out of the net to play the puck and Joshua was there and he throws the shoulder into him. Why not? Well, it, it's funny. The fans were booing. They thought Joshua got a, should have got a penalty, but it was Campbell that threw the... Well, I think they were souping as well. Oh, that they, may they, have been they're too. They the soup, yeah. But it was... Uh, I, I was shocked that Campbell... I mean, Joshua's a big man. And Campbell was able not only to hold his ground, but to send Joshua flying. Uh, it was a nice play. It was a good read by Campbell coming out to make that play because Joshua had a step on it. So uh, Campbell was all, all Wilton. He played very, very good. Nice way to start his career in Edmonton. I, I did notice I had to get used to a goaltender not going out to play every jump in. Because <laughs> the puck would be shot in, and I'm so used to watching Mike Smith the last couple of years and thinking, oh, yeah, he's going to get that, knock it down, or he'll stop that. And Like, Mike Smith would get pucks behind the net that weren't even dump ins from the neutral zone. I mean, if the Oilers didn't get the puck out past the top of the circle and the four checking team rolled it back behind the net, he would go get those. 
you know, with a with a player in front of his net, hoping to get a pass, he, he would go get those. I honestly don't know if there's a player that's in the history of the NHL that was better at getting pucks than Mike Smith and moving the puck like Mike for Smith. For goaltenders. For yeah. goaltenders. Well, actually, he'd be better than a lot of defensemen, too. Um, if a puck ever got around the boards, dumped it on Mike Smith, and he didn't get it, to me, that meant that no, no goalie in the NHL could get it. That's how good he was. But you're right. Most goaltenders don't take that risk because they're like, if I go out and I miss it, it's going to be, if it's 50-50, there was no 50-50 with Mike Smith. He just, he, do, he was a vacuum. He was yeah. like a shortstop in baseball. Everything hit to him, he's picking up, and that's what Mike Smith was like. All right, 5-3, the Oilers win against the Canucks. They fell behind 2-0 early. They fell behind 3-0 in the first minute of the second period. They get power play goals from Drysdale and McDavid. Nurse shorthanded in the final minute of the second. McDavid game winner with 4.59 to go, and then the empty netter with uh, 24 and a half seconds on the clock to get the hat trick. 7804960063. We have Tony standing by. Hi Tony, go ahead. Um I have a few questions for you guys. I've been since I looked at the roster tonight and everything like that, and I want Rob the Payne on one thing. I want Rob the Payne on how does a player like Yesipoli Yarvi you know, he said that his confidence was down. How do you get that back up? You know, over time and how can we put like how can we put a full roster together since we're since we're kind of up against the cap because I thought we'd call somebody up for the games that Yamamoto and Warren Fogel were going to be missing well we can't do that because we don't have enough money <laughs> to do that so this I think now if, if both those players are missing again you're allowed to call someone up from the minors that makes under 850 the Oilers are one of many teams in the National Hockey League that are going to be dealing with this throughout the year. It's unfortunately it's a salary cap thing. And yeah, Ken Holland said it before the game. There, there's other teams that aren't using 23-man rosters. Now they did call. If if one of Yamamoto or Fogel would have been cleared to play, they would have had a full lineup. Yep. Um, they would have had any healthy scratches, I guess. But but this is going to happen yeah. throughout the season. There's going to be teams around the National Hockey League that are going to be playing with. 17 forwards because they don't have uh, cap space. What is it? Toronto's two dollars under the cap. So it's <laughs> this is the Oilers are just can't one of many go to teams. <laughs> well, no, you can. I went there earlier today. You can actually. You have to get a small coffee. Though. Me, you get a medium. Oh, you can't get a medium. You get a medium. Okay, yeah. can't get a nice cap. Oh no, I, that's that's a rich person drink. Reed, I don't have those. All right. <laughs> double, double. Oilers win 5-3 over the Vancouver Canucks. McDavid, three goals and an assist. He's up to 701 career points. Here he is. Uh, yeah, certainly not the start you're looking for. Um, you know, too, uh, too early and a bunch of penalties and, you know, down three halfway through the game. That's obviously not a recipe for much success. So, uh, Soup did a great job holding us in there, let us get our legs under us, and, um, and we found a way to get a win. It, it's amazing that guys that have played for so long and in such big games you can still come out in a season opener and it's like it's you got to get your legs under you again sort of almost nervous or I don't know what it is what is it that makes a difference in a season opener like that yeah spec it's not uh, not easy not easy to, to you know start sometimes um, you know and I think it's something that we kind of struggle with through the preseason with too um, you know so finding a way to 
get off to better starts is important, and we'll look to do that next game. Connor, you played 11 forwards under Jay a lot, but is there something a little bit different about doing 17 skaters? That, you know, it, does it kind of throw rhythm off or anything like that? Do you find it's a bit of a adjustment tonight? Um, you know what? I, I think, you know, it was pretty regular. You know, we're, we're, used, to, we're used to 11. Uh, the D's used to 6. Um, you know, I think it's probably for the back end. Maybe they they can stay in their rhythm a little bit. Um, you know, for, for us, we're used to we're used to 11. You know, we know that uh, you're going to play with lots of different guys, and sometimes the lineup at the beginning of the night is not the way it, it ends, and, um, you know, we're comfortable with that. We've got lots of good players, and, um, you know, when he shuffles it up, it uh, works sometimes. Sometimes it doesn't. Tonight it worked. There were a lot of kind of adjustments throughout the course of the game. Did you find maybe it was tougher to kind of get into the rhythm until you think guys figured that out in terms of the lineups? Changes the game, maybe one to kind of throw out. Yeah, it's just not a good start, um, uh, you know, for for our group. And you know, I don't think there was anything to that. I think it's uh, you know the first game. Maybe a little bit of jitters. Um, you know, sometimes you gotta gotta get into a real one to uh, to get your legs back under you. And I think it took us a little bit of time, but we found a way to get it done. Under your power play, you mentioned a guy back in the game. He had two goals in a total of 24 seconds. Talk about your goal. Just it looks like a set play. Bing, bang, boom, and, you know, work to perfection. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, it was a great play by, by everybody. I think everybody touched the puck within, you know, six or seven seconds. So anytime that happens, it's usually pretty nice. And we've got some good players out there that have been together for a long time. And, you know, we've been a good power play um, for, for a real long time. And we're comfortable with... Uh, with each other, and you know, we know where each other going to be. Maybe you could, sorry, the confidence that the team has after you know you guys have been around for a while, win some games. Uh, you win a game a different way. You're down three nothing. Uh, things aren't going great. Uh, this would be a, still a pretty confident room at that stage. Pretty confident group. Maybe there was a time when it wasn't, but it looked like it was tonight. Yeah, you know, we don't believe in each other. Um, you know, it's not going to be perfect every night. You know, you're not going to you're not going to have the game that uh, that you want every night, and sometimes you get a win with your your B and C game and um, you know it was certainly not our A game to start and you know we found a way to, to get our legs going and get ourselves back into it. It might seem like a small thing but what's it like to be on the receiving end when a guy literally just gives you the puck for a hat trick goal and what was happening <laughs> Yeah that was a, a nice play by Kaner. Um, you know it, it's not fun being at zero so it was definitely a chance for him to get off zero and um, you know unselfish play for sure and um, you know definitely appreciate it. <laughs> Well, I'm sure Vandal Kane will get some goals in the near future. He got some hits tonight, credited with eight of the Oilers' 39 hits this evening. Should mention, too, Pugliarvi had five, and McDavid had five. Uh, sometimes when things aren't going right offensively, find other ways to contribute, and I thought Pugliarvi did that tonight. Kane certainly did that. And we've seen over the past number of years that McDavid gets himself and his teammates into the game when he gets a little physical out there tonight, and he was. Uh, in the mid middle middle of the game when things weren't going right for the Oilers, McDavid became a much more physical hockey player. That is our quick change, courtesy Jiffy Loop, keeping you moving to and from the game. Visit your local Jiffy Loop today. Oilers win 5-3 over the Canucks. Good morning, by the way. It's 6 after midnight, 780-496-0063. Jamie is standing by. Hello, Jamie. Go ahead. Hey, guys. Uh, I just had uh, a couple comments. I just wanted to say I was I was really impressed by... By the Oilers, just like I mean, you could you could have got discouraged being down three nothing against a good goalie at home, so so quick in the game, and they honestly they didn't phase them mentally, which was really cool to see. Like it's almost like they were like, okay, 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 well we're gonna try some things and we're gonna 
Fleetwood stick with it, and it was just unbelievable. A um, couple of the points, I, I love how Woodcroft just, he's so transparent, and he just came out and said, you know, it was a challenge with one less forward than they should have had. And, and I, I noticed a shift in the third where McDavid and Dreisaitl, I swear they were out there for three minutes. And it they didn't they didn't score on that shift and that they made a gaff or two but it didn't matter you know they were up four three but it was kind of weird to see their their shift management wasn't really smart tonight like they seemed like they didn't take quick shifts at certain times but they played unbelievable and uh, yeah great game anyways go go Oilers thanks guys well it's funny the caller just mentioned that Woodcroft said it was a challenge playing with 11 forwards, 17 players. Well, the challenge is a little harder for other teams. <laughs> I mean, when you've got Connor and Leon as part of your 11 forwards, I think the challenge is, okay, who am I gonna put out with them? Uh, I'm gonna, cause I'm gonna double shift them. So I'm not sure, I think the challenge was trying to find ice time for a shore, for a Holloway, for a Malone with all the penalties. There was no challenge finding ice time for Leon and Connor. Yeah, I, th I thought that Jamie made a couple of good points there and he said, the Oilers never, I think he said the Oilers never got discouraged. I, I, I'm going to come at it from this angle. I hope they felt discouraged because I, I think you have to, it, I think it's okay to feel that, but then you have to channel it into the right way. Like, I, I don't mind if a player gets frustrated, but I, I think you have to be mature enough to go out there and do something about it. I mean, you know, Nurse and a couple other plays tonight, they, that was a bad way to show yeah. frustration. I hope the Oilers felt bad when it was when they were two nothing and realized what was, ha but 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 realized what was happening, and what they had to do about it. And and I would think, as we talked about earlier, Rob, down three nothing, they're thinking, okay, we got to get a power play. We yep. we got to get a power play, and maybe that maybe that starts it. I mean, I'm sure they were. Th I don't mind if you're feeling discouraged or frustrated if you're thinking about a way back into the game. If you're feeling discouraged or frustrated in a way that you just can't wait for the clock to run out, that that's different. I don't see that being an Oiler problem now. No, it was that's, before, that's, yeah. that's what I mean, not yeah. now. Not it it, now. it yeah. was a few years ago. It was when the Oilers fell behind two, and they I remember that, that one year, every game. Well, even done. last year they had a stretch like that. But yeah. it, to me now, they, they know. Every game they go into, they know they're going to win. That's just the mindset they have. And they're down three. Okay, we're going to have to score four. And for them, everything is going to go through power plays. Everything. Their power play is that good. They, they feel that if they get a power play, it's a goal on the board. And I've been on teams in junior that felt that way. And we didn't have a Leon and a Connor and this kind of star-studded cast. But they do believe every time they're going to get in the power play, they're going to score. So if you're down 3-0 and they're thinking, okay, let's get one power play, it's 3-1. Now we're back in the game. And it's tough for the opposition. The Vancouver Canucks, you're winning by three, but you're thinking in the back of your mind, okay, we can't do anything stupid. And then they did. And then they did again, and all of a sudden it's 3-2 and the game is on. So uh, this is an Oilers team that has an incredible belief in themselves. And rightfully so, they're good. And they showed that tonight in the last 25 minutes when they turned that 3-0 lead for the Vancouver Canucks into a 5-3 victory for themselves. Yeah, well, and I would think that the good power play helps the whole team, though, because if you're, if you're a third or fourth liner that's never going to be on the power play, but I would be thinking... Okay, if I just stay engaged in this puck battle or just don't quit, maybe he's going to hook me. 
Yeah. Maybe, maybe he's going to grab my arm, and that puts the big boys well, on the ice. For, for sure it does, and, and that's what the role players' roles are. It, we're, they're not counting on the Derek Ryans or the Malones or, or those players to, to be offensive weapons, but they will want them to win battles, get pucks in uh, and get in on a forecheck. Because when you're winning races, when you're winning battles, the opportunity for you to drop penalties becomes so much higher. And you talked about it tonight. The McDavid trip that he got probably wasn't a trip, but he was chasing. Yeah. And the referee, his angle, he sees a guy go down. He doesn't see the angle properly, but he sees a player chasing. And that's how you can create power plays by winning battles, winning races, and that's what role players do on hockey teams. All right, so the Oilers win it 5-3 tonight over the Vancouver Canucks, and the special teams was huge. Oilers 3-4 for four on the power play. The Canucks were 1-8, for eight, but Edmonton did get a shorthanded goal. We have Brent on the open line as well. Hey, Brent, thanks a lot for calling. Turn it down. Hey, boys, how's it going? Good. Good, good. Uh, yeah, I just want to say the Oilers this year, they're going to be like a wet dream for degenerate gamblers. I got them oh at plus goodness. 600. They're down 3 nothing. Plus 600. It was a lock. It was a lock. Just bet them. Just bet them. But past that, Jesse Pugliarvi, complete idiot. You'd be better off dressing a monkey and throwing some skates on him, you know. Okay. All right. Th thanks, Brent. We appreciate it. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. as uh, the Oilers win 5-3 over the Canucks. You're still going to hear from Leon Dreisaitl. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It's five on three and a half. McDavid to Dreisaitl, shoots and scores. Power play goal, Edmonton. Hughes never really recovered, and the Oilers cash in. To all right, that's the one that started the comeback tonight. Leon Dreisaitl with a power play goal, 4-12 into the second period. Vancouver was up 3-0 at the time. The Oilers score five in a row, three by McDavid, one by Dreisaitl, one by Nurse, and they get the 5-3 win in their season opener against the Canucks. Let's hear from Leon. Uh, well, at first, <laughs> um, we obviously didn't, <clears throat> didn't start well. Um, so, yeah, not not the way you want to start a game, but um, we'll take the positives out of this one. And, um, you know, the way we battled back, um, you know, we had that in our game last season and uh, it seems to still be there. So, um, obviously, we don't want to be in those situations over and over again, but um, great, uh, great job uh, staying in there and sticking with it. Special teams, too. They had both of them, really. Both special teams kind of made a big difference when you needed it. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know if there's any 5-on-5 five -five play. Um, it was just one penalty after another one, so um, yeah, uh, power play was was coming up big, and uh, I thought our PK was uh, was pretty good. All right, that is Leon Drysaddle after the Oilers knock off the Canucks 5-3, start of a new season and start of a six-game homestand for the Oilers. That's going to continue Saturday against the Calgary Flames. That's the Flames' only regular season visit to Rogers Place. We have it for you on 6.30, Chad. The face-off show will be at 6.30. The game will be at 8. Now the Elks play Toronto on Saturday. That'll be on Kiss and Country 103.9. Countdown to kickoff at 3.30. Game at 5. The Elks are out of the playoffs. Now they're going to try to win a home game for the uh, first time in 15 games. They've lost 15 in a row at Commonwealth. All right. Get more on this game on 630Chad.com or globalnews.ca. Bob Stoffer has Oilers now from noon to 2. Well, later today. It's now Thursday. I will have inside sports from 6 to 8 p.m. Big thanks to Troy Bowler. 
our studio producer here inside Rogers Place. Thanks to Kellen Kennedy, working back at the 6.30 shift broadcasting compound. Oilers Hockey is presented by Friesen Brothers. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers Rally, 5-3 win over the Knucks. Have a good night.